internet? You're tuned in to episode 100 of the podcast. Can you believe it? No. I am your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And making his return to the show, Mr. DJ, the content, Lewis. What's up, people? Yo, my man is back. It was episode 100. It was very, obviously, a very special episode, a milestone of an episode. And we thought, what better way to celebrate than to ask our pal DJ back on the show. DJ, how you doing? Great. You know, it's no pixel par, but I guess the, the listeners will have to settle for me. yeah i mean that's the thing right like pixel's dead like you walked away you told everyone look hey man i gotta you know i gotta take some time for myself which we respect of course yeah Uh, but you came back you came back from getting your smokes you're here now uh steve and i are gonna you know try to bully you into it being a regular thing but we'll see what happens hey Uh, we'll just have to make this a very good episode that's great we'll we'll see what happens but uh yeah it's, it's great to be back and congrats on 100 that's that's incredible yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming back for it. Sure. Uh, if you guys are joining us here on the brand new podcast YouTube channel, hello. What's up? You can see us. Uh, you can't see DJ this week. Uh, he was having some camera issues, but uh, you can see me and Steve's beautiful faces. So, of course, I'm going to uh, tell you that if you were there, thank you. Please subscribe. Please like. If you are generally one of our audio listeners, like you have been for the last 100 episodes, I hope that you'll go head over to the new podcast YouTube channel and give it a subscribe. Give the video a like, even if you don't plan on listening to it over there, because it'll help us get you know new eyes and ears on the show, help us get some of those numbers up. Uh, so I would really appreciate that uh, if you could just help me out on this one. I really want to see that channel blow up with this first episode. So uh, go over there. Give us your subscribes. Give us your likes. All that fun stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us on YouTube. Um, so I had to get that plug out of the way. Now let me get through the rest of the plugs. Of course, this is the Potscast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where me and Steve get together every week. And you know, here we got DJ back this week, so you know it's going to be a good one to talk about all things Nintendo. Of course, this is our episode 100 special. So this episode is going to be all about you guys, aside from the what we're playing segment, because we figured we'll sneak a little of that next gen talk in there. This is going to be all questions from you guys, comments about our last 100 episodes, uh, but normally we just get together and talk about Nintendo. So if this is your first time joining us, it's a bit going to be a bit of an odd one, but we appreciate you joining us next week, you know, tune in for our regular, regularly scheduled Nintendo programming. Speaking of Nintendo programming, if you want to get some more content from us, you can of course head over to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Lupots, head over to the YouTube channel, um, the other one, not the podcast one, where we have video essays and some other, you know, just varied content over there. So uh, go check all that stuff out. But, you know, if you want to keep in touch or get your thoughts right on the air, like all the fine folks did in our MailPod segment that makes up damn near this whole show, you can, of course, go join the Discord, write to me at Pete at Lupots.com, or go follow us at Lupots on Twitter and get on our weekly thread where we ask for your questions. Of course... Last but not least, I've got to tell you to head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Lupots, where for just a buck, you'll be able to get our Patreon exclusive show, After Dark, where Steve and I keep the conversation rolling. 
uh, for you know at least about usually about an hour after the show's over, and we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to Nintendo. Uh, we've been talking a lot, a lot about next gen stuff over there. We've been you know talking about our personal lives, what we've been doing to keep safe and sane during this uh, crazy year. So if you want to get a little bit of extra loot pots in your feed every week and help us keep those mics on, that is the best way to do it. We hope you'll go over there and show your support, just like a bunch of the listeners in our mail pot segment did this week. So. Before we get into all the the mushy stuff, going back, waxing, you know, poetic about the time we've spent here on this show, let's start by talking about what we're playing. So, DJ, you've been gone. I know that you picked up a brand new PS5. I did. Which is crazy. I know. You never had a PlayStation 4. You're jumping on the PS5. What have you been playing? Yeah, so instantly when I got a PS5, I immediately felt overwhelmed because, I mean, look at how many games I'm able to play, right? I mean, just... Incredible. That PS Plus collection, man. Oh my gosh, it's it's insane. But I had to, of course, pick up a little Bugs Snacks. Had to. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm liking it. It's it's okay. Um, but I hope it gets better. That's what I'll say. How far in are you? Uh, maybe like a couple hours. So not not too far. But I'm in a weird place with Bug Snacks where we we were streaming it a little bit. I guess last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm like giving everyone on Twitch nightmares. Yeah, like literally the chat was like, please stop, play something else. This is freaking me out. Why? So, Just the, the characters or the like? Yeah, the yeah, characters. I guess. It's the guys with the teeth that were doing it for everyone. Yeah. Um, but after I uh, I finished up Miles Morales, uh, which I'll talk about when we get to my stuff, um, I, I've i been been kicking the tires on Snacks as well. And I really like it. Like yeah. I, 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 I don't, wouldn't say that I love it. But the day that I sat down and started playing it, I was like, I'll play this for like an hour or two. And I sat and played it for like four hours, five hours. Yeah, that's kind of um, where, where I landed with it, too, was like I didn't expect to even beat it. But I, I feel like I might. Um, yeah, it's it's very quirky. Um, I didn't expect the whole like first person view. Like I, I saw nothing about it. By oh, the yeah. Way. So like. You know, I went in completely, completely without knowing anything. I thought that it was going to be more of a third person and you were going to look like one of like the um, not like the bug stacks, but like what are they what are they called? Like the mayor? I can't remember, but the walrus guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the something is or whatever. Um, yeah. So that's, grumpuses. Was that what it I is? I think they're grumpuses. Grumpuses. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, so I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. And I had my girlfriend sit and watch me play for a bit. She wanted to check it out. And she's like, oh, gosh, I hate that perspective. I hate it. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, so that's, you know. Yeah, Sarah was like, this is such a strange game. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It is. And, like, weirdly dark at times. <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, like, you don't expect the Grumpuses to, like, say some of the stuff that they say you know and like it yeah, always looks like they have like, a smile on and you know they just say oh gosh like my love life is trash and it's like whoa yeah, yeah there's like some some surprisingly uh human moments in it yeah. um which is i think part of the appeal for me yeah like i didn't i didn't expect to get into the story as much as i have yeah um i get that yeah i don't know it's a weird game but i i don't know i kind of like it yeah did you continue to plan it as well then? Because I, I, I did not think you were going to go back to it after last week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I played like four or five hours of it. Wow. Okay. I don't think it's a very like long I, game either. Like, I think like main story is maybe like eight to ten hours. 
Yeah, I, I have the feeling that I'm like halfway through it. Yeah. So, I mean, it might like be the, worth the, beating it. I don't know. The, the main conceit of it is that um, you're this journalist and you get invited to the island uh, where all the bug snacks are. And there's like the settlement there and the, the scientist, whatever adventurer who was the one who started it has disappeared. And her partner, uh, who's a, a doctor, she's also disappeared. So no one knows where the two of them are. And the entire like uh, settlement basically broke down and everybody went in their own direction or whatever. And you land there. You find that weird guy in the beginning that you saw, Steve, the blue dude. And then like you start helping him convince the other people to come back and rebuild the community. And I think there's 12 of them. And I'm pretty sure I've gotten like five. So I'm like maybe halfway through that part of the game. And then I imagine that there's like a second, you know, section where I'm going to go figure out what happened to the people who disappeared. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I'm not halfway, but maybe I'm like a third of the way through. I don't know. Sounds about right. But I'm digging it. I really am. Uh, A lot more than I thought I might. It's worth a try. Because I. I had no idea what I was going to think about it. And then like when we started playing it on the stream, I was like, yeah, this seems okay. Like, I don't like how much am I really going to care about this? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like it, it got its hooks in me for whatever reason. You know, what drives me nuts is everybody who like, all right. So in this game, you're basically collecting the bug snacks and you feed them to the, to the people and you know that you get the quests and whatever, but like yeah. every creature catching game instantly gets compared to Pokemon. And it's like, no, not every creature collecting, catching game, you know, scratches that Pokemon itch. I did not get yeah, any. It's a lot different. Yeah. I think it's this like... has been mostly compared to Pokemon Snap, though, not mainline Pokemon, which I can it, kind I of understand. It's, it's definitely like more like Snap yeah. than like a yeah. mainline Pokemon game just because you're scanning the bug snacks, but you are also. You're scanning them. them. It's that like first person perspective. Yeah. But Snap is very much just like take a picture and move on, not figure out I think, how they yeah. move and capture them with these weird devices and stuff. Yeah, but it is kind of like that, right? Because, like, if you're good at Pokemon, like, if you're talking about, like, actually completing Pokemon Snap, like, part of that is, like, the puzzle element of, like, yeah. oh, like, this Pokemon's, like, uh, I can see, like, the, the Bulbasaur bulb. I have to lure it out with an apple. Or, like, right. oh, I need to ne- knock the Magikarp into the waterfall if I want to get a picture of Gyarados. You like, know, that's actually it's, fair. It, yeah. <laughs> that is kind of, like kind of <laughs> like, that's how the game works, right? It's like, yeah. oh, this bug snack, like, likes this kind of uh sauce like it likes ketchup so if i put ketchup it'll you know go and let its guard down or land here and then i can catch it mm-hmm. or oh this one's too strong for me to catch so i need to find a way to weaken it you know or this one's on fire so you know i have to put put the fire out whatever like right. there's all these different things so like i definitely see the pokemon snap comparison yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i totally i totally get that i didn't actually see anybody compared to snap specifically but that's very interesting yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Speaking of Pokemon, you said you've been playing the Pokemon Crown Tundra DLC as well. Uh, I have not touched it, and no. I have not been super motivated to touch yeah, we've it. Been I want to play it. We've been waiting for your hot takes for like four weeks now that you promised us. I know. Ages ago. <laughs> and I just haven't done it. Like, I've been, I've really been just waiting for next gen, and now that next gen's here, I want to just play the next gen games, you know? Yeah, it came and at a weird it's time. Got, it's got that, like, you know shiny new toy quality to it whereas like pokemon it's like yeah i played pokemon i'll get to it later it's been out for a year you know yeah Um, and i already you know i i played most of the first dlc so it's like i don't know i'm just i'm not itching for pokemon right now crown tundra's better than 
Isle of Armor, I think. I've seen that. That seems to be the resounding opinion. Yeah. So it's. I think it's worth a try. Um, you know, obviously. What about it do you like? Um, it's very... How do I say? So in Isle of Armor, because I don't really want to spoil anything unless you know what's going on. Um, Isle of Armor is like you go to one of those towers, right? And you pick one and you fight it and it's pretty easy, to be honest. This one, you kind of go to a lot of different locations and you're almost, I don't want to say forced, but like they entice you to explore all of these different locations. So then you find all of these new Pokemon and... Of course, the new like legendary birds, the Galarian forms are just like incredible to find. So good. Those designs are so great. So good. I think that's where it shines is like you're getting not only the Reggies, you're getting the new Reggies, the new uh, Galarian legendary birds. So it's just worth exploring more so than Isle of Armor, I think. Nice. So like is the... There, there's a story to it too, right? Like yeah. Isle of Armor had, or yeah, and it's it's focused around. Um, I can't remember the name, but it's the um, you know the new legendary Pokemon, the uh, like the horse Pokemon, and then the uh, the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that the story revolves around that, and then while you're kind of completing that, you can go out and find all of the other legendaries. Nice. Yeah. So it's like and a little how more. How do you feel about that story versus the Isle of Armor one? Um, it's definitely a little more involved, but it's not like, oh my gosh, like I have to know what happens next, you yeah. know, like, and, and Pokemon's never been that way. Um, sure. but it's like a little more involved, I would say than Isle of Armor. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, stuff. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to getting to it when there's like a little bit of a lull, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Did you buy it? Yeah. I, 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 cause they had a season pass that got you both of them, yeah. right? I think I bought that. Okay. So it was just kind of waiting for you. Yeah, so I think I can just go download it whenever. Yeah, cool. This is always the problem I have with DLC. I just never go back. Yeah, ever. You're, I'm like not in the mood for it anymore. Yeah. You know, like I wanted I, it I there wanted... and then. Right. It's been yeah. a specific problem with one of the games I played this week. Like a real big problem for me. Which one? Outer Worlds. Oh. So let's talk about that. I mean, the way they handle their DLC is just bizarre. Like, you go through and you get to the, do the final mission, and I don't know if you've you finished it, but you get to the final mission. I did and finish it says, the game, yeah. comes up with, like, a warning saying, like, are you sure you want to do this? Because if you go, go forward, you won't be able to come back and do any of the other quests. Like, that is the end of the game. And that includes the DLC. So you okay. have to have the DLC before you do the final quest. Otherwise, you just, like, I don't know carry on and never come back and you, you know you feel you'd like have you to finished. like load an older save, yeah you'd right? have to load an old save and you feel like you've got closure because you finished the game but there's all this other content you could have gone and purchased and done with two big dlcs that they've done hmm. it makes me want to like do roll a new character to do the dlc yes that's probably what i would end up doing and just go down a totally different route and get a different ending do you get the dlc on game pass no that's the one thing with game pass you get the game for free and, like, I kind of feel weird spending, like, 30 quid on DLC for a game I don't own and never will own because it's in Game Pass. Yeah, but, like... But I really don't well, care. Who cares, honest, right? Yeah. Because, like, if they take it off Game Pass and you really want to play it, you just buy you just it buy on it. sale. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
anyway. I, I really want to go back and play that DLC, but like I loaned my PS4 copy to uh, one of the guys from my band, and if I am going to play it again, I kind of want to play it on Xbox. So yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm able to Wait. scroll the character and buy the DLC over there. Wait until the Series X patch comes out. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to wait until they get that stuff updated after you, you gave me that recommendation last week. But you finished it, so how do you feel about it? I liked it. I, I really liked it. Um, it has its flaws. It's short. I didn't like how they handled the ending with the, we're going to cut you off, essentially. I think Fallout has always handled those better, where the world adapts and changes once you've completed the ending, and you can see yeah. essentially the aftermath of your actions and what you've done. Like Even in New Vegas, which Obsidian built, you could see, depending on what you did, that all the robots that were around the place would have like different faces on them now because you either sided with the house or you sided with whoever. Sure. Um, and I like that there's all of those elements where you do side with one one faction or another. Uh, I ultimately took the board down because I didn't like the way they were going. Um, but I love the bit of the end where it tells you all of what all of your actions did. Like I, I took down Edgewater right at the beginning. I like that a lot. Uh, like I took Edgewater down right at the beginning and all of the people then tried to go to the place where I rooted the power to, that like greenhouse that the woman was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was apparently just awful and decided to only take a few of them in so everyone else starved to death. So that makes you feel really great about yourself that you, you did the wrong decision there. <laughs> uh, and it just like nails in all the decisions that you did. And I completely missed one of the companions, which was a robot that was on the ship called Sam. Totally oh, yeah, him. you never got Sam? Never got Sam. So it told me what I could have done with Sam. It was like, oh, Captain Hawthorne had this robot on the ship that he was going to do this with. But Sam just remains in a in a cleaning cupboard on the on the unreliable, which I thought was cool. Um, I, I played the game mostly with Neoka and uh, the Vicar, Vicar Max. Really? Vicar? I never used Vicar Max. That's so the, funny. The Vicar gave you a hacking buff. So when you had him on your on your side, especially going through that end level where you needed to like hack into terminals to do stuff, it was so much easier. You could like bypass certain yeah. doors and things. I I mostly used Parvati and Nyoka. Yeah, I didn't like uh Parvati, but she was all very much sided with the um the board most of the time. Was it was easy like, to change her opinion about that. Yeah. I never I never bothered trying. I, I liked her character, and she was also voiced by Ashley Birch, so it's like she had That's to be why in the squad. That's why then, yeah. <laughs> I love Ashley Birch. She's a great voice actress. So I was Fair like, enough. yeah, that's, she's in the squad. Anyway, I, I've t- kind of taken things off rails. I, I really want to know about the other game DJ's got on his list, because it seems really out of character for him. And definitely- <laughs> Yeah. Like, I was waiting for one of you to notice. <laughs> I was going to throw it back to you. Don't worry. Yeah, so DJ, you said you were also playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare Cold War. Try, try and say that without laughing about me. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. The fact that you have a PS5 and are playing Call of Duty, I'm like, who are you? Yeah, what, what have you done with DJ? I know. So here's the thing. I just wanted, you know, to, to try it. Like, I'm, I like to try the Call of Duty games. I never get mm-hmm. into them. This one though, the uh, the the zombies mode. Oh, I am addicted. That is the only thing from Call of Duty I've yeah, ever gotten me into. Too. Is yeah. Nazi zombies is fun. Oh, I am so addicted. Oh my gosh, I can't stop. I'm always like, I want to go play zombies. I just want to go play zombies. Like I don't care. That's all I want. That do. was me, like coming home from school when I was a kid. It was like, oh, let's get home and play Nazis. I zombies. never had that experience because yeah. I never played Call of Duty. So now I'm just. I like, had friends who did. So that was like I kind of secondhand got it. But you know that reminds me of is I played. Uh, 
Halo from the Master Chief Collection. I played mm-hmm. um, their equivalent of that. I forget what it's called, but it's like the wave-based kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, this week. And I was just like, yeah, man, this takes me back. Like, they just I chuck to- a load of Covenant at you, right? And it's just all the aliens. Yeah. and yeah, It's just wave after wave of them. And it's like stay along for – I think it's like firefight or something like that. I forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's like it's literally Nazi zombies. Oh, it's it's incredible. And like I just I, – I can't stop. I can't stop. And like I, I tried the – um the like teen deathmatch i didn't even touch mm. the campaign because you have to like download 30 gigs and i was like that's the one thing they don't include is the campaign that's the only reason i want to play it you know see see old ronald reagan and uh right and on, i would love to try it but i don't want to wait even though i could just like click okay and let it go but i just haven't done that because i want to play i want to play zombies it's it's great um but yeah like that's that's the only thing that's keeping me playing the game is zombies and it's worth it. i can't believe you pay 70 dollars and you haven't even touched the campaign and the oh, you're only interested in one of the modes on call of duty that's insane <laughs> i i couldn't believe it either but it's, it's, really <laughs> it's so arcadey hey, i think that's the thing is it's so yeah arcade-y, and yeah that's, that's what's fun totally about it my style you know yeah i miss that yeah i totally agree but I, I I always used to like the arcade shooters when we when we were going. There's a really good Halo arcade shooter actually. It's like styles like you're on a a warthog and you're like driving along, sat on the actual thing with the gun, which is fun. Love it. That sounds cool. Yeah. So Steve, you also uh, kicked the tires on uh, Forza Horizon. <laughs> I, I Sorry, did. not kicked the tires. Yeah. You wrote too much Forza Horizon Four, too so you much. played a lot of Forza this week. I've played tons of Forza. I've already bought like four houses. Um, I've like I blitzed through the stuff. Me and Macaulay, and like we we video called um, Macaulay's brothers, and we were playing like we were playing Forza on, like online and just like racing around and goofing around. It's such yeah. a fun game. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't take itself seriously like, like the Forza Mo- Motorsport series or um, Gran Turismo. It's it's very much here. Here it is. Just have a goofy time. And I very much am tempted to buy the DLC for this. Uh, with the Legos? The the Lego, yeah. I really like the, yeah. the look of the Lego DLC. I bought the Hot Wheels DLC for Forza 3 um, when I was playing that b- before. But the Lego one, that's really cool. I am not into uh, racing games much at all. Like, I like kart racers, but I've never really been into just, like, straight car games. Yeah. But I remember when they announced the Lego DLC, I was like, that is fresh. <laughs> yeah, like, not really enough for cool. to, like, really want me to get me to want to play but i was like that looks so much fun yeah I, i'm i'm looking forward to, to trying it if i do if i do get it they've also like integrated because it's set in england or set in britain i should say because there is edinburgh on there um the they've integrated top gear so there's like a bunch of top gear missions you can do and they got the presenters from top gear to voice stuff and you do like goofy things that they would have done on the show and there's a whole bunch of uh goofy stuff that you can do in the showcase events like racing a jet there was like a halo event where you were driving a warthog and you were racing like one of the um the spaceships from halo which was absolutely bizarre they just have so much fun with it which i think is what i like about it it's something that i can just pop on at the end of the day and just drive around and, and just goof around and, and not take too seriously, which is kind of what I wanted after the Outer Worlds, where some of the storylines are a little bit heavy and you're making like these big decisions to save a save a colony in the universe. Um, yeah. to go from that to just like do some donuts on the on the grass. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice to have a <laughs> game like that to kind of like cool off with. 
Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You need two games. Like you need one that's kind of like that. And then you, like if you're playing a super serious dark game, you always need that like lighter experience. Yeah. And even if it's not like super dark, but even if you're just if you're playing something that's like meaty, you know, yeah, that's like right. oh, it's like a 30, 40 hour RPG right. that I'm like really chipping away at. Like it is nice to have something lighter, like a multiplayer game or, you know, like even something like, like Animal Crossing. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. been playing like, more what? Tetris Effect as well. That game looks insane. Insane. I haven't good. checked it out yet, but I downloaded it. It's on my Xbox now. Um, Yeah, I really need to. Get, man, it feels good to say my Xbox. What a time to be alive, boys. <laughs> uh, speaking of next-gen consoles, Steve, you also bought a PS5 for your sister, I right? did, yeah. So she's a teacher, so she was teaching all day today, and she was gutted she missed out on the pre-orders for the PS5. She's a massive Elder Scrolls Online fan, um, and so she plays that pretty much every day. That's her game. And so she really wanted a PS5 so she could keep playing with her, with her group of friends that she's got on there. And um, so I was, I just happened to be on Twitter as the Digital Foundry Dills website posted that it was in stock on like a UK retailer called Very. So I just went through the checkout process. I was so lucky I managed to get one. It sold out like a minute later, Um, but she was really happy I managed to get one. Did you think about keeping it? Yeah. I also thought about scalping (laughs) it. I also thought about scalping it because if you've seen how much they're going for on eBay, they're going for like two grand. I don't know. I would have lost so much respect for you if you did. I know. That. Yeah, I know. But it happens I with told every you. console. But like it just drives me nuts. But DJ know, would never insane. talk to you again. He'll he'll sugarcoat it to your face right now, but if you found <laughs> oh, out yeah, that you scalped, really he'd be good. like, Wow, you're a piece of shit, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would I wouldn't have done it. But I said to I, I was talking to my dad about it because he was also looking and my sister got her husband to to look for it as well. And of course she didn't tell any of us that she told us all to look for the PlayStation for us, so she could have ended up with three of them. But my dad said, Well, if you can't find if you can't find uh um uh, if if Jason, her husband, has has bought one, um I'll just buy it off you and have it for Christmas for me, which mom would absolutely kill him about. Uh, but I think he really wants a PlayStation <laughs> Dad 5. Dad deserves now. it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think mom's going to uh, agree with you there. Oh, I don't know that I'll ever meet your dad, but I just, I hope he knows that I'm a fan of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So uh, as for me, everything else on my list is uh, is a PS5 game. So what a perfect segue. Uh, we already talked about bug snacks, so I don't need to like touch on that too much more. But uh, I also am still uh, chipping away at a, a few games that um, that I talked about last week, like Astro's Playroom. I've beat all of the main content now. There's only four levels, so like I had not played much of it when we spoke last time. Um, but I've gotten through the bulk of the content, and now it's kind of just like going through and like finding all the collectibles and you know unlocking all the trophy, not the trophies, the like in-game. Um, trophies like, that will the gacha me. things or they have the gacha things but then like remember how they had like the ps4 and the ps3 oh, yeah, yeah. and like the artifacts that's what they call them yeah um i have a few of those i haven't in the playstation yet, so. lava yeah in the playstation lava which is hilarious that they call it that but uh i, I i've decided i'm gonna platinum it because i'm i just really like it and you know um right now like obviously there's not a ton of other stuff out so i'm happy to like exhaust the amount of time i can get out of it i've probably got another like maybe another hour hour and a half left before i'll be done i've gotten probably 75 percent of the stuff that's that's in it now at this point that's cool yeah i i started it i like i I don't see myself playing it much but like i remember when i got the ps5 unboxed it 
and you know it was just there and um that's how they showed off the uh the triggers you know the like responsive yeah, or yeah. Like that whatever they call it and that adaptive was adaptive triggers i adaptive, think adaptive right <laughs> and i was just like oh my god oh my god I said to my girlfriend, I'm like, try this. This is incredible. Yeah. I did the same thing. I was like, Sarah, you gotta you gotta feel this. <laughs> she was like, uh, whoa. I don't know, dude. I think I think you should play a little bit more of it if you only like touched a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Cause the more time I spent with it, the more impressed I was with it as an actual game versus right. just I didn't like, realize it was a like tech demo. It's like a like a 3D platformer. Like I didn't realize Yeah, like it's like a solid like two hours worth of gameplay and like if you want to like get the platinum like I am, it's probably like another two hours. That's not bad. I I really think this the Astro when they really finally release like the full version, which they you know they've got to be working towards, will yeah. probably be one of the games that encourages me to buy a PS5 for myself. I'm really excited for a, a you know, I don't know if you'd call it a sequel to this, but you know, whatever the next Astro iteration is. Um, I had never played Rescue Mission because I didn't, I got gotten rid of my PSVR by the time that came out. But uh, I, I'm like officially a fan. Yeah. You know, I really dug the character and I, I like their approach to, to 3D platformers. Like it feels good. Mm-hmm. The controls are nice and tight and there's just so much love put into it. Like every level is packed with references to PlayStation games. There's all these Easter eggs and, you know, it's like, if you're a PlayStation fan, for sure, it's something that I think you can get a lot out of. And it looks beautiful. It's gorgeous, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And the music is really good. Like, it's just yeah. a really pleasant package. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I also played um, Miles Morales, which when we had last spoke, I, I think I was probably maybe like a third quarter of the way in or something like that. I had kind of just gotten gotten into like the meat of the game. Um, I've since beat it. I'm working on the New Game Plus right now so I can get the Platinum. Uh, I have almost all the trophies. I'm missing like a few that were um, just like random things that I didn't. I didn't like. I did all the side missions and everything in my mm-hmm. first playthrough, but like um, some of them are like get like 25 ceiling takedowns, get 25 wall takedowns, and I just like haven't done all of those mm-hmm. yet. So um, I'm imagining I'm gonna unlock the rest of the trophies naturally on my new game plus run, and I won't really have to do much work for it. But yeah. yeah. And we we briefly what spoke, a game, man. We we briefly spoke on After Dark last week on um about the I think it was After Dark the split between performance and we did and normal mode uh, or yeah. like fidelity mode. Where are you sitting with that? I also want to know like DJ where you kind of land on. Do you prefer sixty frames per second or in the case of Call of Duty one hundred and twenty frames per second uh, versus better fr- uh, better graphics or uh, ray tracing in the case of Spider Man. Next gen hardware has made me uh, totally change my opinion about about frame rate because I was definitely always one of those people who was like I don't really care that much like if a game's at locked thirty like it doesn't bother me and like I'm you know I get used to it and it just is what it is and like it doesn't you know yeah it would be better at sixty but like whatever right uh, whereas now like playing Miles Morales. Uh, pretty much all the way through on performance mode and then switching over to fidelity mode um, at like the end of the game so that I could just look at the water and like kind of take in some of the ray tracing and all these great effects that, you know, I hadn't had turned on. I was like, oh, this looks terrible. Like I, it felt slow and sluggish Mm -hmm. and like, I just didn't like it. And like the, the cutting the frames in half made the game look worse 
So it's like, yeah, like maybe the lighting is better or more dynamic or whatever, but I feel like I can't enjoy it because the moment to moment gameplay feels off now. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm performance mode all the way. Like that's what I'm gonna do forever. Yeah. I I agree. I like a lot of the games I play, uh like Dead by Daylight, uh Call of Duty now. It's crazy to say still. Um <laughs> They Such a gamer look, bro now, DJ. Oh, Fucking yeah. jock oh, yeah. gamer over here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. You're going to be on FIFA next. <laughs> I know, NBA 2K, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it really made me appreciate uh, frame rate. It really, it really did, because I, I was so used to Nintendo games, and some of which run at 60, uh, a lot of which run at 30, at least on the Switch. Um, and I didn't mind. I didn't mind because it was playable and I didn't really know any better. Now I have comparisons. So for Dead mm-hmm. by Daylight, for example, on the Switch versus my PC, oh my gosh, it's unplayable on the Switch now. Unplayable. Yeah. Um, and, and so that really was like the determining factor for me at how important frame rate is. I'll never say like... Um, that like anybody if you find a game playable regardless of the frame rate then then that's you know i'm not gonna knock you for that by any means but you know having the luxury to compare i i can't go back personally yeah to me it's like when given the choice i'm always gonna choose frame rate yeah. over fidelity mm-hmm. I agree. um now that i have that i think experience s- with it see i think for some games i i think you probably would choose fidelity for like cinematic games, stuff like Tell Me Why, for example, it's not necessarily important that you have sure. have it. But yeah. imagine if the lighting looked phenomenal, it looked mm-hmm. super cinematic. But then I don't know that a game like that would even offer a performance mode because what benefit does it give? Cause, yeah, because they're just going to put it that yeah. way anyway. And that's You're the other thing. It that is way. Like now everything is so customizable. And that is another yeah. thing with the PS5 that's just brand new to me is I've never had to even choose. And on the console, like field of vision control and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, field of vision is the one thing I always zoom back out. I just I need <laughs> more on the screen every time. <laughs> and you can like yeah. make that a um, like a setting on the PS5. Like in the system menu, you can say mm-hmm. these are my game preferences. Like I always prefer frame rate. I prefer this. I prefer that. And then it'll tailor. Yep. Yeah, I set that. Yeah, and I'm like, this is incredible. I'm not used to that. <laughs> The quality of life stuff on these next gen consoles is next level. Like yeah. the, the whole name of the game is quality of life changes, is convenience, is quick, fast, you know, like easy. And oh, yeah. man, do I love it. And it's funny because like not to like start a fight or whatever, but like to me, it 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 really I think widens the gap between what I like about uh console gaming versus PC. Mm-hmm. Where like um, just for example, right? Like, uh, Sarah wanted me to, she wanted to show me something in a, a game she was playing the other day on her PC. And it was like trying to open the game and then steam opens and then it's loading. And I was just like, Jesus, this is taking fucking forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like on, on my Xbox or my PlayStation, it's like, I turn it on within like literally 15 seconds. I'm in a game playing. Right. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that. Like Macaulay has a go at me every time I use the the computer because if I need to unplug the steering wheel, for some reason, 
it loses all of the settings. So you then have to go in oh, and remap, remap all the buttons so annoying. every single time. And it's just shit like that. If you know that that's going to be a, a something that's holding you back from getting into the game, like, oh, I have to boot it up, I have to log into Windows, I have to open Steam, then I have to configure my controller. Yeah, at some point, you're just going to go, fuck it, I'll just do something else. I'll just yeah, watch mm-hmm. exactly. Netflix I remember or having play some else. Uh, problems connecting a controller. Which is, I guess would be similar to the uh, to the steering wheel. I guess it's technically a controller where, yeah, like half the time it won't recognize it, you know, and the other yeah. half it does. And then it's like, by that time, I would rather turn on my Switch or my PlayStation and yeah. jump right into something. Just play. Yep. Yeah. So I, I uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so satisfied with all that stuff. And uh, the last game I had on my list was, Steve brought it up, I actually forgot this one, uh, was Tell Me Why which I did complete oh. this week as well. Talked a lot about Tell Me Why last week, so I don't I won't belabor it. But um How is it though? You know, it's great. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I don't I don't think it's quite as good as Life is Strange. It didn't necessarily okay. like I think leave the same impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um I don't see myself getting like a tell me why tattoo like I did with Life is Strange. Yeah, I get that. Uh but I really liked it and and to me like it spoke to something I wish we got more of in games. Like, I really dig that Don't Nod, uh, you know, Life is Strange. They just did Life is Strange 2, and Life is Strange 2 was this big, huge project that took a lot of, you know, a lot of time, and it had a lot of layers, and it cost a little bit more, and, you know, it was kind of, like, a big step forward for them. And then it feels like, tell me why, is, like, it's almost like when a band puts out an LP, and then they put out, like, an EP, you know? And it's, like, cool, like, yeah, this isn't, like, a full album but it's like this nice like taste of the style of music that you guys make that i like and i get this little extra bit that'll tide me over until the next big thing because it's only three episodes it's a lot shorter than you know it's like it's about half as long as uh life is strange or life is strange 2 mm-hmm. um but i thought it had a lot to offer like i really liked the the cast of characters i thought um it did a really good job of of representing trans people and you know and and like i think some of the uniquely uh i guess some of the things that are unique to the trans experience is i guess what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. um and portraying that in a way that like felt authentic at least to me as obviously somebody who isn't trans um but like it 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 definitely felt like uh an interesting like dynamic story you know like it has this really really good family drama that's rooted in this like small town where everybody knows everybody and there's all these secrets and you know like you're trying to uncover you know what really happened and there's like a lot of swerves in the story and a lot of red herrings that like you really think something is true and then you find out from this conversation you have, if you do it right, that, oh, you know, like, the perception that my character had, which is in turn the perception that I had of these events, is skewed, and that there are all these other perspectives that, you know, you'll either allow to influence your perception or you don't, and some of them are real and some of them are not, and, like, you have to kind of sift through all of those things to find the story, and, like, it impacts how the... Because the game's about two twins, and it's a, it impacts like their relationship and the other relationships they have with people in the town. And like, it seems to be like a pretty good amount of variance in the ways that it can end. Um, and like, maybe not like a huge amount, but enough where it felt like the decisions I made had weight. Um, so yeah, for, for all those things, like 
I, I really enjoyed it. And the fact that you can get it on Game Pass for free is like, you know, I, I highly recommend it yeah. to anybody who likes this style of game. You know, if you like the whole talky choose your own adventure game, I think it's it's well worth your time. And it's a great game to like play with with a partner or roommate or something like that if you wanna, you know, engage with a story together. Cool. Yeah. The the last one I played, which I guess isn't like this, was, you know, the follow up to Until Dawn. I can't remember what it's called. The Man of oh, Madan. Oh, uh, Man of Madan. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Yeah, and and I mean, I it's play, not scary, I, but I played it with I played it with Dad and and Mum, and we like shared making the decisions, which turned out to be an absolute disaster because it was like, <laughs> oh no no no, press A or press B, and then like Dad had a go at me because I ended up getting his character shot, the one that he was like controlling, <laughs> which he was not happy about at all. Um, so then I had to give him one of mine because you can like control multiple characters in the game. Anyway, it's really, really cool. I like those those star games. Yeah. I, I probably should check this one out because sounds like a, a topic I, that's kind of near and dear to me as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I I highly recommend it. I thought it was really good. And I when I was playing the first episode, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. I like this. And it ended and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm in. Like you hooked me at the end of this episode. And then I thought two and three felt like it really stuck the landing because I remember feeling at one point I was like, I don't know how they're going to resolve all this in three episodes. There's so many threads that they've introduced and it really like it lands the plane pretty well. I think that's good. So, and again, especially if you've got game pass and you can play it for free, like what do you have to lose? Yeah. Take my rec. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now that we spent 40 minutes talking about what we played this week, (laughs) we have a million questions in this episode that I promised was all about you. So let's let's get into them. Uh, We have two questions that are not related to, you know, the episode 100 and and kind of all that celebratory stuff. So I figure let's jump into those first. the the first thing is jumping off of a topic I wanted to just bring up while DJ was here. DJ being our, you know, the collector Ooh. among us. Uh, I today, and it's in route for a, a same-day delivery from Target, picked up the Game & Watch uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. Did you get your hands on one? Yeah, of course. <laughs> nice. Of course, do you have it yeah. already? I or? do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I think it was, it was technically day of release, and I was awake at like 2 a.m. And I just happened to check Best Buy because that's what I do, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was there, and there was kind of like nice. a queue system that they had, um, which was cool, and I was able to get one and pick it up that day, technically. So yeah, did that come out today then? Um, last or last couple... Friday. Okay, day day after PS Five, I say yeah. Yes, and a there was a I remember I, I went it. to pick it up, and there was a huge line, and I was like, these people are going to be disappointed unless they're picking one up. <laughs> yeah well i uh, i'm glad you got one i'm excited to get my hands on mine are you gonna play it um yeah i'm gonna play cool. it i want to fool around with it a little i'm gonna keep the box in real nice order so i can pop it back in but yeah it's cool it's been they hacked have, like... already oh that's cool i like that really <laughs> mm-hmm. nice they have um to what put more game and watch games on it or you, uh, you can yeah there, you right? can just essentially flash the rom nice that's cool yeah I, I could see that being a really interesting almost like a um what what was that a uh, Game Boy Micro type of system? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's going to take us into our first question from the mail pot, which uh, comes from uh, the Tyler Olson, one of our Patreon supporters, who says, "Where does where do Amiibo go from here? Is it strictly just a collectible at this Ooh. point, or do you see them expanding its usage, or other companies coming up with new ways to use them?" Oh, I love that question. Me too. Uh, big Amiibo over here. Oh yeah. Uh, 
I definitely think that they're going to just continue the way they are. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. No. Like, I could they be used more or better? Absolutely. But I don't think they need to be because I think that the primary thing that people like about them is that they're a collectible. So the fact that they do anything in game is like good enough, really, mm-hmm. I think. I agree. I feel like it's kind of always been that way. Like, yeah, most people, at least that I've talked to, didn't even use them in their games. I thought that they had some very cool functionality, like in Mario Maker 1 and Yoshi's Woolly World with the costumes. Sure. Um, But then they didn't do that in 2, Mario Maker 2, and Yoshi's Crafted World. So functionality-wise, where does Amiibo go? Probably the same way it's going now, which is very like, oh, this game has it, this game doesn't. This game, you know, does this. Or like Animal Crossing, for example, it's mainly the cards because the actual figures, you can't really do that much with them considering the cast of characters. Um, But yeah, I feel like it's always, like, from a consumer perspective, been more of a collectible. Yeah, and I think you run into a problem otherwise, because if you put meaningful content, people will be like, you're paygating it behind a toy. Like Like, the Metroid game. Nintendo. People were upset about that. The uh, Was that Samus Returns? And there was, like, a mode or something that was locked behind, um, like, one of the Amiibos, the Metroid or whatever. Um, and people were not. Yeah, happy. it's like there's a lot of special content in Breath of the Wild that you could only get from Amiibo that were limited in print and all this stuff. Right. It's like, yeah. You know, <laughs> which is, I, I don't personally have a problem with. It's like, it's extra stuff. It's, it's a fine you line. You know, whatever. It's a fine line. But it is a very fine line. So I think that's why you've seen them increasingly kind of de emphasize the importance of them from a gameplay perspective and really just be like, look how cool this is. Right. If you do scan it, you'll get a thing. Yeah, and item item drops are always good. Costumes yeah. are always good. And That's a great way to that. give you something for it without making it like feel like whoever doesn't get it is missing out. Right. I mean, I was very happy with Diablo's functionality. I made lots of money. So you sure were. I was very very happy with that. <laughs> I remember reading that you finally got it, and I was like, Oh yeah, wow. DJ. I, I spoke about it on the on the episode that week, but I had a piece of armor. So what it does is it opens up a. Um, um, a portal to like a, a loot cave uh, where you can get loads of gold and treasure but I had a piece of armor that whenever I picked gold up I got XP so I leveled up like 15-20 levels in, in one go <laughs> and made oh a bazillion uh, amount of gold wow beautiful absolutely was beautiful. it worth the wait <laughs> yes absolutely good, good. <laughs> alright so this next question uh, comes from Trendy Brendy and this was off the back of the Game Award nominees being revealed, which is the only piece of news we're actually going to talk about this week. Uh, Brendy asks, Game of the Year nominees just came out. Who are you rooting for? So, obviously, there are, like, dozens of categories. You know, I would love to... On a a regular week, we'd probably go through all of them. But uh, in the interest of time here and making sure we get to all your questions, we'll just answer... Uh, Brendy's question in the context of the Game of the Year nominees. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen, Game of the Year nominees this year are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. Now, you've played all of these, right, Pete? uh, I've not really played Doom Eternal. Like, I've literally turned it on and, and messed around with it, but... I wouldn't say that I've like played it enough to have a opinion I don't, on it or anything. I don't think it would have had an impact on your decision anyway, but I am interested to see where you land because it felt like you played Final Fantasy VII forever. 
you obviously played a ton of Animal Crossing, The Last of Us 2, and we did a spoiler cast on. So you've, you're invested. And I remember Tsushima was the one that you said was like the first time any games used the trackpad in a meaningful way and you had all that stuff yeah. to gush over. I think when we talked about it like a week or two ago, I said uh-huh. it was probably the game I had the most fun with this year. And I, I sang Hades praise uh, yes, quite a bit. Hades, so yeah, yeah, I forgot. Four out of five games on this list are my short list for the best games that came out this year. So yeah. I'm really satisfied with this list of games. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about the list itself? I think it's a good list. I th- yeah, I think um, it's fair. I, I, and, yeah. The only thing I could say is it feels like some games that were huge this year are possibly missing. Like, like what? I, I don't necessarily think they deserve to be on this list but four guys and among us were obviously massive games of the moment sure and it would have been nice to see them get recognition or uh, in this top level category but i don't mm-hmm. having said that i don't think i could push out any of the games that are on this list to fit one i think that's in. the thing is like i definitely agree that those games are deserving of recognition and i think that's why you saw you saw fall guys in some of these other categories i think yeah it's in like best um, multiplayer game i think among Us is not uh, actually eligible because it's old. Yeah. It's been out for Pretty a few old. years, and yeah. it no, it's it's in off. there. It's in there for best mobile game. They've they've really yep. They've oh, decided the this year. This year, no, they decided this year that it doesn't matter what year it was released. That it's the year that it kind of goes into public domain and gets recognition. That is the oh. year it counts. Okay, that's fair. that's fine. That's a very so, specific exception. I mean, do you guys have any other examples of something like that? I know, I know Pub- that there was PUBG kind of got uh, PUBG and Fortnite before. both had this conversation around them because oh. they had been out in early access yeah, or yeah, alpha yeah. or whatever. Okay. And then, then they're actually live. So when are they eligible? Are they never mm-hmm. eligible? That's right. not fair. You know, I like that though. Um, I think it's, it's a conversation worth having now that we're in a position where like games come out and aren't done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and I don't mean that as like a haha, like games get patched or whatever, but like you can buy a game in early access or beta or whatever and play it for like years before it's quote unquote done. Well, H- Hades, for example, came out like what, two years ago in early access? Yeah, and, and then now it's game his, of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got its right. 1.0 release this year. So that's like, that's kind of, you know, I think that's why you're seeing that conversation happen is oh, yeah. it's it's more relevant than it's ever been. Um, but as for this actual list, like asking me which one am I rooting for? Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. I'm struggling. Like, I, so I would easily say Final Fantasy VII, not my pick. Uh, I, I like the game a lot. I don't think it's game of the year. I think when it came out, I said I felt like it was like like a solid eight out of ten, um, and that's on like a, a twenty point scale or whatever, like where I could give it or a hundred points. Where I could give it like an eight point one, eight point whatever. So like, I think okay, it's like so it's a, like eighty percent. It's good. Yeah, it's like it's it's good. It's solidly good. I liked it. I thought it was really charming. I found I felt I found a lot to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think it's like a ten out of ten experience. Um, some people did. I think the other four games on this list, Ghost, is maybe my favorite game of the year in terms of just the game I enjoyed spending time with the most. But I also think that it's it's a lot more basic than a lot of the other games like that are on this list. And in it's terms like of what like level design or um... yeah, like like at the end of the day, like Ghost of Tsushima is a third person open world action game. 
You know, and it's it's a it's a lot like any other third person open world action game. The things that make it special are the setting, the style, the score. You know, the overall aesthetic is deeply, deeply satisfying. The voice acting is really good. Mm-hmm. The story segmentation is really good. Like, it, it's it's a phenomenal package. But if you sat there and and asked me, like, what about Ghost of Tsushima is like innovative or like that makes it really like the game of 2020. I don't know that I can really answer that question. So like, while it might be my personal favorite game of the year, it might be the game I enjoyed the most. I'm still not committed to that answer. I think that in the, the definition of what we usually think of as game of the year, I think animal crossing is the clear answer from a, like it made a splash and it defines a lot of this year for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it defined a lot of our content this year. Like, well, it I mean, was, that's, it that's was, what I tw- tweeted out when I saw this list. It was for me. I don't think anyone can convince me that any of these other games top what Animal Crossing is for me. It defined gaming of 2020. It defined the narrative. Like you saw uh, AOC in there doing like streams. You saw Joe Biden using it as part of his political campaign. You saw um, animal talking. Ce- yeah, celebrities doing doing uh, game shows. We saw uh, brands getting in on it as like uh, a way to promote their business. So much so, it was that a Nintendo's, Nintendo's even got like guidelines out this week as to how to use Animal Crossing for your business and how to use it to promote it and stuff. Which I think is absolutely wild that they've had to do that. Um, so for me, Animal Crossing, when I think back to 2020 and what I was playing in 2020 and what everyone was playing in 2020, it will be Animal Crossing. Um, that's not to distract, detract from any of the other games. Like I loved The Last of Us. I haven't played any of the other games on the list yet. I hope to before um, before the Game Awards night. But I think that in response to, to Brenda's question, it's 100% Animal Crossing for me. I think to me, the thing that makes me edge towards edge towards something like the last of us is that I think that the impact of that game is going to be a lot more significant in the long run than animal crossing. Like I think that it's fair to say, I I, I just want to make this point. I think it's fair to say what you're saying about animal crossing. And I think I agree with you in a lot of ways, but I also think that like, if, if the game of the year is, you know, cause, cause the thing that it says, right is Game of the Year is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. I think that The Last of Us is the best game by that criteria in this conversation. Because I think it is one of the most deep and dynamic stories in gaming. I think it's a technical achievement in terms of how it looks and how it runs and how it played on the PS4, which is a fucking seven-year-old console. Um, yeah, that those those things are significant. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't know. Like I th- I think that there's a lot you could critique Animal Crossing for when it comes to the technical side of things. Um, like the issues that we had with online, which is a huge component of the game, and you know the fact that like the save stuff was messed up at launch, and you know there there were these factors that you know a lot of people complained about. You know, and like the lack of some content that people expected, and you know, did those things all bother me? Not necessarily, but if we are like comparing them pound to pound and not like what did Animal Crossing mean to me emotionally this year in the same way that I'm trying to separate myself from the fact that I had a shitload of fun with Ghost of Tsushima, I don't know. 
You know, and like I've made that mistake in the past where I picked the game that like meant the most to me or I had the most fun with. And then looking back, I'm like, that wasn't the best game that came out that year. I was emotional. Yeah, maybe. But I, I think you do have to view it in context, though. Like, it, it all depends on what it's up against. And like, I get that Animal Crossing isn't necessarily the best experience across all creative and technical fields. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's an experience that everyone appreciated and chipped in on. Um, whereas I don't think The Last of Us 2 w- will be for everyone. And, and maybe that's maybe that's irrelevant. And you do say, well, you know, regardless of whether this is for you or not, this was objectively the best experience and the best thing, or the best demonstration of, of uh, technology. Um, but, I mean, in terms of... of patching technical things and fixing saves and stuff at what point do you say a game a game kind of fits that criteria and should be judged because like we said Hades came out two years ago technically with with early access and it only had its 1.0 release now Animal Crossing has been slowly patching new stuff in do you judge it when on its release do you judge it now based on what we've got at the moment like how, how do you view that? Because they've just released the winter update with save transfers, with all this additional content and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying that we're, we're judging it now, a lot of those problems are already solved. Yeah. I yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's fair to, to judge it however you feel is necessary, is the thing, is that the an- the ultimate answer is that Game of the Year is different for everybody, and the criteria by which you, you judge them are going to be different for everybody. Um, DJ, how do you feel about about the, like this list? Like, what are you leaning towards? Yeah, I I think it's a good list. Um, as far as like, obviously, I haven't played. I only played Animal Crossing. That's the only game I played on the list. Um, but just like being in the conversation, I know that these games meant and mean a lot to people, and so I think it's a good list. But it's it's literally impossible for me to not like bring emotion into it. And so, of course, I'm going to root for Animal Crossing, but strictly based off of the fact that, number one, it's the only game I played on the list. Two, came at the that perfect helps. time to me. And maybe one of these other games like would have done that same thing for me, um, but it just, the game itself means a lot to me emotionally. And so that's, it's, it's hard for me to look past that. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, yeah. like that's a totally legitimate position to take. Um, and it's why I, I honestly don't have an answer. Like I, yeah. I'm not rooting for anybody. Right. I will be happy if four out of six games win. So yeah, and see, that's the I, other I thing. Kind is of, anyone could win, and that that you know that would be like fine with me. I wouldn't be like, oh, Animal Crossing got robbed. You know. Sure. Yeah. I, I kind of want Supergiant to get it just because they're the smallest team here, and it would be amazing for an indie to finally get crowned. Yeah. Game of the year. It's happened before. I can't think of the last one though. It's been a while. Oh, there was, was the it? last one that comes to mind is Journey. When was it? Okay, but, I'm but sure that was published by Sony, so kind of had a huge thing behind them. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Drawing a blank. I don't know. It's still it's still technically an indie game. So yeah, I mean, it's always cool <laughs> when an indie game like wins big, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Even when it's just like recognized and up there with yeah. with the rest of them, I think is. is I mean, really Hades cool. absolutely deserves to be on this list. Like, it was one of the most talked about games of the year, like when it came out. So I t- 
totally well deserved for sure. And like, mm-hmm. it's it's not in my top three, but it's definitely in my top five, top ten. So like, I'm I'm super happy to see it on this list. And um, it definitely wouldn't be my pick for game of the year, but if it won, I, that would be cool. That'd be a cool upset. Yeah. All right, so let's transition into the main topic. It is episode 100 of the podcast, and I asked all of you listeners to write in with your your questions, your fondest memories, all kinds of great like reminiscing stuff about the show. So we're just gonna hop into these and start uh, start getting emotional and, and looking back on these hundred episodes we've spent together. <laughs> so this first one comes from Alex at Kumba Koopa on Twitter, who says, congrats on the hundredth episode. As a British person myself, it's really cool to hear someone from my own country talking about gaming stuff. I just have a quick question to ask, and that is what happened to the website? To 100 more episodes of the Potscast. And he also added the Ron Swanson, I'm really proud of you gif in there. And I thought it was important to vocalize that because oh, I, love uh, that I appreciate that. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> To answer uh, the website, uh, I mean, it's something we've briefly touched on here before, but the reality is that uh, Pixelpar has been, you know, away for quite some time from the website because of everything going on in 2020. Um, And, you know, he was responsible for doing a lot of the the background work on the website. So uh, we are currently behind the scenes kind of evaluating what the future of that looks like, you know, obviously while we're, you know, the podcast and the streams and all that stuff still rolling. So um, I imagine you'll get some updates about that in early 2021. So keep your ears here and on the tw- eyes on the Twitter and uh, you'll, you'll get an update when there is one. And, uh, and I really appreciate you saying it's cool because I'm presuming you're talking about me and not Pete talking about gaming stuff. It's yeah, being I'm a British person. <laughs> but I mean, it's confusing because you've both got electric kettles and you both like, you know. Oh, I drink twinings. DJ and I are honorary Brits. I drink twinings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, this next one comes from that Doc I, one of our Patreon supporters. Uh, shout out to Doc. Also, I wanted to say this here. Uh, he was a true homie, and I sent him my uh, launch set of Joy-Cons with the, the mismatched mm. colors, and he reshelled them in this beautiful GameCube purple custom yeah. shells that he got. Oh, he and shelled he updated them for the battery. You. Yeah, and he updated okay. the battery for then, me, too. Then I don't know if I should tell you, because he sent me a DM, um, and there's a message inside those shells. He told me that there's one inside. I have to open it, but I'm so afraid to open it. I'm going to do it on the show. I probably should have gotten ready to do it on this episode, but we'll do it on like a future episode. We sh- yeah, we do should. It- <laughs> yeah, we'll do it live. That's, that's funny. That's so like like on character for Doc. It really is. I love that he's like, there's a message for you inside. I was like, the stakes are unbelievable. And we, we play Sea of Thieves. It's almost like a message in a bottle. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, DJ, I'll send you the photo because you sent me a picture of it before you uh, shelled it. Oh, what? Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, I got to do this. I got to do this. That's amazing that you know what it is, too. Uh, So Doc said, ooh, ooh, I have one. My favorite memory is Pixelpar. I can't believe he died. There should be a memorial to him. (laughs) But he said, sorry, an actual question, though. What do you think led to Nintendo's total recovery from the 2015 to 2016 era? Do you think the Switch single-handedly brought Nintendo back from the grave? Whoa. Yes, that. Great question. It's that and good marketing that didn't feature kids. Those are the two things I I think they did right. Yeah, I think it's a multitude of things. I think... uh, 
obviously, um, this is kind of part of the switch too. But them making the decision uh, pre the the transition over to the switch as the main uh, piece of hardware to bring their home console and and handheld console divisions under the same banner so that they could exchange resources and and um, you know and, yeah. and know how and all that kind of stuff to like streamline development. Mm-hmm. That was huge because Nintendo's putting out a lot. Uh, a lot of games. When was that uh, done though? Because they didn't they do that Wii U 3DS era when they were like porting essentially Wii U games to the 3DS. Yeah, it was it was around the end of that generation, yeah, which like is I think why you started seeing around when um, Mr. Kimishima uh, came around. Yeah, yeah, it was right around that era was when they started doing it. It was like right in the you know the kind of lead up to the Switch. Like we knew that the NX was coming. We knew that there were these rumors about it and everything, I think, at that point. But, um, yeah, so that I think that was a huge part of it. I think, obviously, the Switch being a great piece of hardware uh, and having killer, killer apps in its first year in Breath of the Wild and Odyssey, as well as all the other games that came out that were that were oh, high yeah. quality. And then nerfing the Wii U version to make the experience a parity across the Wii U and the Switch, I think, also probably had an impact. Otherwise, you'd probably just played it on the Wii U. Yeah, well, who had a Wii U though? Oh, wow! <laughs> like I did, I was a chump, but like yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> most normal people, like you know, didn't buy one like DJ and I and try to convince themselves it was good. Um, it was good. Just kidding. I know, I know you love the Wii U, DJ. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I think it was all those things. But then to Steve's point, I think it was also really good marketing. It was like the Switch's marketing. And branding in general is really oh, yeah. strong. Even down to like, like that sound that you know when you hear click, it. click, you know it's a like switch. The, mm-hmm. the logo is great. Yeah. And it it fits so well with the classic Nintendo logo. Like it just looks like it looks like the Nintendo logo, not like the Wii, which felt dated, the Wii U which felt dated, you know? Um or the Wii that felt dated within a few years, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think that helps a lot. And I think it's also really it's cheap. Like yeah. for what it is and how nice of a console it is, the fact that you can get it for three hundred bucks is like that's that's. I don't think it look. I don't think it looks cheap now though, compared to next gen. I think they're going to get to the point now. They're going to have to price cut it at some point because you at can launch, get. I think you can you get did. what like a, a Series S for that same price now. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is yeah, that's that's significant. Um, but I think that that's probably the thing that. At launch, I think that was a really attractive price. Um, yeah, I think it still is. Like, I I think that what also played a huge role is just the proposition, right? Like, it's a yeah. good proposition. You get a home console and a handheld in one. That's a three hundred dollar yep. deal. You know, that's 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 kind of oh, yeah. worth it. Buy a Wii U and a three DS, and and see where that gets you. You know, you're running PS five money at that point. At least you know launch mid mid cycle. Well, especially when you consider the fact that Nintendo's handheld consoles have historically been very strong yes. and appealed to people that don't necessarily buy the home consoles. Um, yeah, it's just a slam dunk. It's like, hey, do you want to play the next big Zelda game and also get the 3DS successor and also it's $300? Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, I think it is fair to say that the Switch single-handedly was the driving force behind all of those things and this this era of Nintendo that they're enjoying right now. Um, I think I think the, though it, it it I think when you put all those together, you put that under the umbrella of the Switch. It's not like they 
they got saved because their mobile business was doing really well or their no. uh, theme park investment was doing really well or their movies were coming out soon and, and that was doing really well for them. It really was the switch that was kind of the the last chance for them to save it with the console. And if it had failed, I, I don't think we'd have seen another console from Nintendo again. No, I don't think so. I think I think we probably would have seen them transition into just software development, you know? So I think Nintendo being where they are right now, yeah, it's all it's all the Switch. And it's all the right moves around the Switch. Oh yeah, that first year, like you said, was so well planned and executed. The fact that within the first two months really of of launch, you knew all of the games that were coming in the lineup for the whole year. Like yeah. you knew we've got Mario Kart the first month, and we've got Splatoon, then we've got Mario Odyssey coming later in the year. It's like I mean you take were it back to game a- of the year, right? Like what were the two game of the year contenders yeah, that year? They were both two. Nintendo Switch games that came out in the launch window. Yeah. yeah. That's you know, I I I'll, I've gone down saying I think twenty seventeen was the best year in gaming and I think that's a huge part of that is the Switch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, God God bless the Nintendo Switch, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, the next one comes from Navalis, another one of our Patreon supporters, who says, what's the weirdest topic slash story you've had to discuss on the show? Oh, I was, like, really struggling to think of one. I think I have one. Because this show, it's you, difficult. Yeah. On After Dark, there's a few that come to mind. <laughs> you know, like when I told yeah. everyone about how I almost fought, fell in the water because of the bumper boats. That was, that was like, maybe not weird, but it was fucking embarrassing to tell everyone how I almost sure. fell in the fell mm-hmm. in the water because of the bumper boats. But <laughs> also all the British versus American stuff. Like, the whole conversation we had about... Uh, floor floor numbers and all this random shit we talk about over on After Dark. Kettles and yeah, air conditioning. Kettles, like buying pudding. both of you a kettle so we could talk about, yeah, pudding versus dessert. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. Re- remember Spotted Dick, DJ? I was just going to say dick? Spotted Dick. I was just going to say your, that. Was that your example, DJ? No, no, but um, that that definitely came to mind after we started to talk about After Dark. Mine, mine was what actually was the- gaming, believe it or not. What was yours? Um, when we had that topic where the, um, I forget where it was, where was it? It might've been Japan, might've been like South Korea or something, um, where somebody got, uh, their switch returned to them via animal crossing messages. Oh yeah. Where the cops like sent their friend yeah. a message or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird yeah, that story. Weird. That's probably the one <laughs> that was weird, but I liked it. And I was like mad. I remember being mad. I was like, I would be so mad at that person for spending those bells, sending that message. That's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that one too. Uh, this next one comes from Left Eye Lazy, another one of our Patreon supporters, who says, out of all the games you've played and discussed from episodes 1 to 100, recommend your top three. Whoa. Oh my so what gosh. are the three best games that we've discussed on this show? Are we limiting it, it to Nintendo? <laughs> no, I, it said games you've played and discussed. Okay. So I think Breath any of the game we've talked about. Yeah. Mm. Breath of the Wild's got to be on there. Uh, the Last of Us 2. Oh, and Toy Story 2 on PS1. <laughs> wow, what a list. What a list. What about you, Wow. What a question. It's hard, right? You know, I'm thinking, if, if we're going like old school, I got to say Kirby Superstar. All right. Um, Animal Crossing. This one's going to come out of nowhere. Uh, Xenoblade Definitive Edition. Oh, my God. Damn. I, no, I probably could have guessed that. You did really like that game. Yeah. Persona uh, 5's got to be on your list, right? 
I, I like it's so hard because I've talked about so many games on this show that I are know. like some of my favorite games of all time. Like Mass Effect. So it's like, yeah. So okay, I'm gonna limit it to games that we played and discussed while we were doing the show, not not like I did. I cheated. That's how we say. Yeah, I you cheated, cheated with Breath of the yeah. Wild. Because. <laughs> Because otherwise, I'm just going to be listing like my three favorite games of all time. Because I've talked about them on the show, yeah. and it's like, what? What is that? Right? That's not the same question. Yeah. Um. So I would say it wasn't the first time I played it, but Undertale. Because oh. we did that for. Oh for, uh, god! Yeah, Undertale was so good. Like, and that's that's one of my favorite games of all time. And like, we specifically played it to review and discuss it on the show. Um. So I'm going to give that one a shout out. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, Persona Five Royal probably, and then. Oh my god! Uh, Fire Emblem is like the thing that's coming to mind. No way! Oh, so you're putting Fire Emblem above like Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, all of those? We didn't discuss those on the show, though, did we? Like, probably I mean, we at have some discussed point. them, yeah, but We've, not like, while you were them playing. Up. Yeah, but I, I know, but I was saying like th- I remember I said I put that limitation on it of only. So games it's I coming played. up in a what we're playing section. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that kind of game. Okay, not just a game that I have played that we mentioned on. The I show. would buy Fire Emblem like as your as one. Of your we games, must have discussed that. Odyssey. I don't think we would. That was 2017, right? I don't think this was. I thought the show didn't start until 2018. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with that three, just in the interest of 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 time. <laughs> I think that's fine. Uh, Left Eye Lazy says, what's been your favorite fake Nintendo rumor throughout the show? Oh. I think the Wh- fact that Metroid Prime exists. That's probably <laughs> my... <laughs> I, I was going to say The Witcher 3 is a game that Pete said he's going to play and has played. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo rumor. Pete plays That's a Witcher great Nintendo 3. rumor. <laughs> oh. Like you literally oh, got bought God. a copy by Pixar and you still didn't fucking play it. I started it and I was like, I really don't like Hasn't this. Hasn't Sarah like played more game. than you? Uh, she yeah, she played more than me, but she also was like, this game's not that good. I kind of <laughs> just want to. I kind of want to download it on Series X though. When that uh, Series X, she might actually like it on Series down. X. Yeah. Like the Switch version is not good. It's a blur. So, like that didn't help. Yeah. It's like I already don't want to play this, and then I'm playing it, and it's not that. It's ugly and mm-hmm. nah. What about you, DJ? You got one? The only thing that really comes to mind was very recently, actually. Um, did we discuss this? I think we did. I think it was one of my last shows. Um, it, it was the F Zero Twitter account. Remember that? With the oh, Mario. yeah, that yeah. was good one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Was and had they even like got a, a domain that looked like Nintendo? So when you did the yeah. forgot password, it looked like Nintendo, but it yeah, wasn't. The stars, you know, like the blanked out stuff. It was like, ooh, is it real? Is it not? I mean, I yeah, think we found so out well shortly, shortly after that it wasn't. But did we ever discuss the Game Boy Classic? I feel like there was a rumor about that. No, that I don't think we from... did. No. no, that might have been before our time. Uh the the Grinch being in Smash was a really good one too. Oh, that was oh, such wow. a dumb dumb oh, yeah. rumor. <laughs> I was like, if you think this, if you believe this, you're a fool. And it got so much traction. So that was funny. Uh, this one comes from our own Chewy Place. who says, what is a game you were sad you didn't get to during the show? Right now, it's Hades. Mm. Wow. Would have been Fire Emblem until Would've recently. Would have been Fire right? Emblem, but I've played a bit of that now. So, yeah. You got to play more of it, though. You're going to finish it, right? Probably not at this point, no. You, can, bl- a- you can blame the fact that new consoles came out. No, I can't. Pick it back up, you son of a bitch. You said you were going to play it in bed. 
You're a yeah, ba- you're but a you know monster. what? I found out that I can play Forza in bed on my phone. So that's the problem. Thanks, Microsoft. You have no respect for me. me. No, no I, I will. I will get back to it, and and I'm going. I'm going to hopefully go into my parents uh, for like a week over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm probably going to be playing a lot of of Switch stuff then. I was even thinking of picking up Pikmin, which is another game I I regret that I haven't got to yet. I think for me it's Luigi's Mansion Three. So never played it. Oh, oh I just really out. wish I had. You're missing out. Yeah, for sure. What about you, DJ? Uh, I th- I think Katamari Reroll. Oh, nice. Yeah, you yeah. need to play that. Yeah. That game rules. I tried it and just, you know, it didn't it didn't stick. No pun intended. It's coming to PlayStation. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to really give it a proper shot. I have to. Everyone should. That I really want I really want last. more. I want more Katamari games. I put a new one out, right? Like come on. Yeah. Or at least remaster the second one. Like let's just, let's go. <laughs> just keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next one comes from Wakahula, another one of our Patreon supporters. He says, congrats on 100 episodes. Woo. What's your Nintendo exclusive game of the year of 2020? Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Okay. Easy question. Next one. <laughs> same, Still from Wakahula. What are your favorite developers and or publishers? Mine are Monolith Soft from the Xeno series. Atlas from Shin Megami Tensei and Persona are among my favorites. That's what he meant. I'm sorry. Yeah. So who are your favorite developers and publishers? That's a good list. I like uh, Bethesda and specifically Bethesda Softworks, Fallout and um, uh, Elder Scrolls. Uh, obviously, Nintendo. We can just say all of Nintendo. They can just be under yeah. one. Um, For both, right? Yeah. <laughs> As developing and publishing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and on the PlayStation side, I would say uh, Naughty Dog. They have a really special place in my heart with Uncharted and The Last of Us. And I've said multiple occasions, The Last of Us is really the reason I got back into gaming. Uh, I have such fond memories of playing that game. So those would be my my three that I would pick. Uh, The first one that comes to mind for me is is definitely like, as far as publishers go, I would say it's easily Nintendo and Sony. Um, Both of their first party offerings are, are... some of the games that speak to me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my favorite games of the year every year are either a Nintendo or Sony first party game. So those are definitely, you know, um, deserving of of that respect. And I think in the way that I would say across the board for Nintendo's devs, I generally feel that way about Sony's as well. Like Naughty Dog is obviously like kind of the top tier talent that everybody goes to. But like Sony Santa Monica with God of War, like, uh, you know, Sucker Punch, um, uh, with Ghost of Tsushima and like you know um, now uh, Insomniac in, under the banner like Ratchet and Clank, Spider Man, like you know they they have gorilla. such a gorilla. Obviously, I love Horizon. Like you know they they have such a strong stable of studios, and and I think most of them are are some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, historically, and, and, and a Sobe Studio. You know we can't forget a Sobe course, Studio. He's got to have a mention in here. He's got his own game studio now. Uh. I, I would say historically, Bioware is one where, but like they're obviously not very good right now. <laughs> um, I love Mass Effect and Dragon Age. You know that era of Bioware is is my favorite, but that team is pretty much long gone. Mm-hmm. And um, EA is obviously one of your favorite publishers. So. No. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. You, you name drop Bethesda, Final though, and games? I will say Ar- Arcane. 
Arcane Studios is one of my favorite studios. And no, not Platinum. Get out of here, DJ. Uh, Arcane, of course, known for uh, for Dishonored. They're coming up with Deathloop. Like I, I'm a huge fan of of them. Uh, so I'll I'll leave it there. Otherwise, I'm just going to be rattling off developers all day. DJ. Oh gosh. Um. Obviously, got to go with Nintendo. Um. But but taking a um cue from from you pete uh going more historical um a lot of the older sega games incredible nice okay incredible so that's that's where i'm gonna and monolith of course oh yeah okay uh this next one comes from affy happy 100 what would you say are some underrated games from this year Ooh, animal crossing Last was it? No, I, I really have no idea. <laughs> I thought about this. I, I I was thinking about this, and I haven't played a game that I haven't raved about. Maybe the one that I have raved about the most that hasn't had like recognition would be Hypnospace Outlaw. I loved that game. Sure. I hope everyone who is at all interested in that game goes and plays it because for me it was a really really great experience. I loved that game. That other game you played too, the one with, where you play the monster. The monster. The, oh, it's like the, yeah. the reverse thing. Carrion, Carrion was yeah, great Carrion. as well. Yeah, I don't know if that came out this year or last year though. Well, either way, we'll great give, game. We'll give it a name drop. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the most underrated game I played this year was Pikmin Three. Mm. I think Pikmin Three is really good, and obviously it's a re-release, but like I think it really flew under the radar because of when it came out. Um, and I think if it had come out like in the summer or like earlier this year when there was all that like kind of hand wringing from Nintendo fans that there was nothing to play, I think a lot more people would have picked it up and, and checked it out. Um, I'm sure I would have picked it up if if it hadn't been, oh, there's a new console coming next week. Uh, to me, it's funny because that ended up being the perfect time for it for me because I really wanted to play something new. Um because I kind of hit a wall with Hades where, like, I was like, I want to finish this, but I also, like, am in the mood for something else that's, like, a little bit, like, lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it being there in that in-between point between I'm coming off Persona and I'm waiting for the next gen, like, it helped fill in that gap for me pretty well, so. But uh, that's probably the biggest one. Like, I, I don't – I feel like most of the games I played this year got a lot of love or I really like gave them a lot of attention. So I can't really think of anything else to me that feels like really flew under the radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I agree. I don't know, what do you... Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. Like I, I say this um hesitantly, uh, because I raved about it and a lot of the people who talked about it talked about it a lot. So it might not seem like it flew under the radar. And that's uh Xenoblade Definitive. Uh, I think that's fair. One of which was because I feel like not a lot of people, at least that I've heard from, talked about how um, it impacted them as a first-time player. It was mostly folks who played it on the Wii, um, which is fair. And it also kind of came out at a time where Animal Crossing was still raving. Like, that was the thing. Um, I think it was, yeah, like March for Animal Crossing, May for, for Xenoblade, I believe. Um, so I, I feel like it kind of flew under the radar in that way, even though it did get a good amount of attention. Solid. All right. This next one comes from Ellesmere, uh, a, AKA at CCD, CCD Kilpatrick is probably the thing, uh, on Twitter. Uh, 
who says, what are your plans for episode 200? Pixel Boss coming back. Pixel Boss coming back. Not before. On episode 200. I can promise you he'll be back for episode 200. Uh, I hope. Uh, So uh, they also asked, what do you think Nintendo should do for their next console? Make it a real PS5, Xbox Series X competitor with 4K ray tracing and stuff, or continue the path of lower powered of, or continue the path of lower powered consoles that they're on now. I'd love a 1080p 60 FPS Switch personally. Yeah, I'd I like think that's to the see way to them go. be. I'd li- well, I'd like to see them hit 4K ray tracing. Ah, I don't right, think yeah. it's is worth technology for them worth pursuing for the time being i don't think you could get that on a handheld console in any way shape or form we've even seen on ps5 and xbox series x that games can do 60 frames per second and ray tracing at the same time and those are there's no way i mean looking at the size of those boxes that they can ever ever condense down to a handheld at this point in time um so i'd like to just see them keep the same form factor maybe like reduce down the bezels make it feel a little bit more rugged. I'd like that pro model to, to output 4K, but I think if it's just a a, a follow-up to the Switch, then yeah, I think 10, 1080p makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like a... Te- for a... Because they said next console. So um, like if we're talking like a, a Switch 2, yeah, I would love if it was able to hit 4K 60 FPS. Um, but I don't... I don't think that it needs to necessarily like be a quote unquote real competitor. Um, I just don't. I don't think it needs to be like it's not now and it's selling fantastically. Yeah. Um, I think it it exists in its own space because it is a hybrid console and a lot of people use it more as a handheld than a home console and I think that's okay um, because the games that Nintendo's putting out on it look great and like well, the, yeah, the, I could use a little. The, the stats on that actually were fifty fifty from Nintendo. That it was fifty percent of the time people use like handheld, fifty percent of the time people use dock. Uh, okay, and may, correct me if I'm wrong there. I, I could have sworn that it, it skewed more towards handheld. It might have been like a very a small, small percentage, percentage that use it both ways. Yeah, but then, then you've also got to take into consideration they do have an entire just handheld only one that they've sold millions of. So right. So maybe that's my own bias speaking there. But but either way, I think like. It's working great the way it is. Like, it doesn't really need a lot more. Um, so I think if you could even give it a slight upgrade, it would make a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I'd like to see them just be able to say, and even in like Breath of the Wild, just make it so we don't get any slowdown, that it can maintain that higher. Um, that higher resolution for, for more of the more of the time rather than having to like dynamically scale down to sub 720p which it does a lot of the time just a little yeah. bit more grunt behind it rather than having features like um ray tracing which i don't think they need at all yeah i don't think that stuff's nearly as important as their ability to like give us better frame rates and, and slightly better resolution um and i've said before i don't need my switch to be a game uh, a console where like major triple a third party games get ported to i just don't care about that i really don't so to me as long as it's able to like make nintendo's games shine and keep up with the rate of of indie development that's really all we need as far as i'm concerned 
All right. So this next one uh, is another one from from Trendy Brendy, uh, who says, I think my fondest memory of the podcast was the moment I realized that Steve wasn't saying my colleague when referring to his partner. Kept thinking, wow, he sure knows a lot of his coworkers' <laughs> interests. Why keep bringing them up and not naming them? I felt like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a strange it's a strange thing. I mean, I guess previous in my previous relationships, I would have referred to them as like my boyfriend a lot of the yeah, time. But more, dang, yeah, more of the time. But like, dang, someone who's non-binary, you you obviously can't do that. They they don't identify as a a, a boy or a girl, so it's it would be wrong to to gender them in any way that they don't gender themselves. So, partners really the 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 closest thing i could i can really find my friend calls macaulay my person friend because, because he says, like, <laughs> can't, can't, can't say it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend so my baby <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh now we're gonna jump into uh, a couple emails we got this first one uh comes from ben who says Hey, Pete, hope you're well. Just going to start off by saying, hey, I'm Ben, Ben S. Smith. I've sent a question or two in through the Discord over the last few months, but with the 100th show coming up, I thought it would be a good time to say just how awesome I think the show is. You and Steve and all the other Loot Pots members that have been on the show, rest in peace, Pixel Par, are so interesting to listen to, and I really value your your views and takes on all things Nintendo. We were of a similar age, so when anything related to nostalgia or growing up comes up, I really relate. I exclusively listen to the podcast when I go out running. It's been a great companion for my half marathon and marathon training, and I always look forward to the new episode going live on Mondays, ready to download and listen when I train. Here's to the next 100 shows. Keep doing what you do so well at. Uh, Apologies for the mushiness, but I feel the need to just thank you and Steve for all the hard work and time you put in. Longtime listener, Ben. Ben, wow. that is such a sweet email. Um, I appreciate you getting mushy. That's like that means the world to me. Um, when I hear from people who talk about you know the way that they listen to the show every week, they wait for it on Mondays. The fact that we're part of your marathon training that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible and I, in, in in and of itself. Like congratulations on on doing this like momentous thing, yeah. running what is it like twenty six and a half miles or something. For something a marathon, like it's, it's insane. It's, it's not yeah. a joke. It's huge. A half marathon is something I could never achieve, I don't think, yeah. let alone a marathon. So, yeah, shout out to you, Ben. That is that is awesome. And I am so thankful that we get to be a, a part of that journey and that, like, you know, we're, we're you know, keeping your, your brain busy while your body's just working it. So thanks a lot, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for writing in. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that story with us. All right, this next one comes from another one of our Patreon supporters, Mr. Zaid Ida. Of course, you knew Zaid was going to write in. He says, hey, podcast, no question this week, but since it's episode 100, I wanted to send an appreciation email saying thank you for the awesome content over the last few years. It's been an honor to listen to you guys spread Nintendo news and your own brand of positivity, especially during this pandemic. Also, another appreciation once again for having me on the Persona 5 Royal Spoiler Cast. Truly a dream come true. Continue with the good work, and I can't wait to see how Loot Pots grows in the future. Keep up the good work, fellas, and wish you guys nothing but the best going forward. I'll strap myself in for the great ride Loot Pots is going to take. Your friendly neighborhood snack guy, Zade. Thank you, Zade. Thanks so much, Zade. Always, yeah. always love hearing from you, buddy. And it was a, and if you haven't listened to the spoiler cast, do go and check it out if you're a patron. If you're in, at all interested in Persona Five, I listened to like I think 26 minutes of that show, 
before I had to to bounce out before you got into real spoiler territory. And it was really nice just to hear Zayd just being so expressive and enthusiastic about a game that he loves and being able to talk to you. It was it was really, really nice to hear. It was a blast to record too. That was such a fun episode and and uh it was a perfect way to cap off my uh, my experience with with Persona Five Royal because we were kind of playing it throughout the year together, like same time messaging each other, and it was like really fun to get together to come together and like just gush about it and oh yeah, um, and have somebody could who could match my enthusiasm about the game. <laughs> so uh, shout out to you, Zade. Thank you so much for being a, a Patreon supporter and for for always uh, showing up, man. We we really appreciate it. So thank you. Uh, and this is amazing. So I. I uh, sent out the bat signal for one Mr. Asobi, and he got me this email during the show. So this was right under the wire. This is the, if anybody else wrote in and I missed it, you're beat. But I got the notification from Asobi, and he wrote in with an email titled, Not Weekly Anymore Podcast Questions. So thank God we could get some questions from Asobi to close out this 100th episode. Uh, Thanks so much for writing in, buddy. It's great to hear from you. So Sobi said, hey there, Pete, Steve, and everyone else that is on this week's podcast. <laughs> there you go. You involved the strategy, bud, you know? <laughs> he says, hope you're all having a wonderful week. Congrats on getting to this first gi- gigantic milestone with the cast. Hope we'll see many more. Here are my questions for this occasion. Number one, how do you feel after 100 episodes of the cast? What things slash episodes slash sections of the cast were your favorite from the past 100 episodes? Oh, how do I, I feel? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I feel tired. Like, you know, I feel feel tired. I've had to listen to Pete, you know, talking about video games every week. No, I'm joking. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's honestly great. Um, I, I love doing this show. It's the highlight of my week every week coming and, and talking with my friend about video games and um, answering questions and hearing from everyone is really, really, really nice. Uh, and I, I just I'm so appreciative to everyone that that listens and everyone that writes in and interacts with us. I think we've seen today there's so many people who have listened that haven't written in or have written in every now and again, uh, and and I hope that more and more people after this point will will continue to write in uh, because it's nice to have heard from different people and and answer different people's questions. Yeah, I, I think. Uh... Yeah, how I feel after 100 episodes, simultaneously, it feels like it's been the blink of an eye. 100 episodes snuck up on me quick. Um, and I look back on where I was before the show and where I am now, and and I feel like I have a lot to be thankful for. You know, um, I I feel great that I've gotten to uh, to meet you guys and, and, you know, really, really become good friends and... Uh, you know, Steve, you and I have probably done almost 200 podcasts together now between this and After Dark, and, yeah. you know, and uh, we've made a lot of content together and we've we've gotten to know each other pretty well. And it's it that's been, I think, probably the biggest highlight. But I mean, uh, also like all the wonderful relationships that I've made in the community, you know, and like people like Asobi and Zaid and Doc and, you know, and, and I don't I, I could list everybody who wrote in. I don't want to uh, leave anybody out. But all of you, all of you who tune in every week or show up for the streams or, you know, um, you know, want to share the the stuff that's going on in your life or make us a part of yours like that's that's huge. And the fact that like um, that this show has been a, a conduit for me connecting with people all around the world and, and getting to share our love of, of 
Nintendo and of video games together is uh, is awesome, and it really means so much to me. Uh, and you know, I've been making content for a long time, and like I've never been a part of a of a community that was as uh, supportive and and kind and um and and welcoming as ours. So I'm I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of the community that we've built around this show, and uh, it means so much that you guys show up and that you continue to show up. So how do I feel after 100 episodes? I feel great, and I'm excited to see where the next 100 lead us. In terms of the things that were my favorite, uh, I don't know, man. Like, there's, I, I, I really just, I love answering questions. I love when you guys write into the show and we get to just, like, answer these weird hypotheticals or do the thought experiments, make oh, yeah. predictions. That stuff's always fun. Um, but... I think uh, any of the times that we've been playing a game at the same time, like when Animal Crossing came out and it was like everyone was playing it and we had things to talk about, like, and we were on the same page with that stuff, that's always a blast too, you know, and getting to like have that between you and me and the community all being excited about a thing at the same time, like that's always like a blast. And I think those are always like the most fun periods for, for the show. Um, is when we're kind of all on the same page with like a game. It's the game of the moment, you know. Yeah. What about you guys? Wow. Um. Yeah. I. I just want to say that you know, even though I've been on maybe twenty five percent of the episodes over the course of my loot pots career, um, and just because I'm a guest this time doesn't mean I'm not part of the community. Um. But but really, like editing the show back when I would edit it, um, you know if we didn't have such a, a vibrant community, no matter how big it is, it's still extremely vibrant and active. And without that, it would have made editing the show a lot more tedious. So that's a testament to the community that, you know, that we've all built and, um, you know, had the privilege to be a part of. So that's, that's incredible. And there's been a lot of good times. Yeah. Been a lot of good times, a lot of good times. Uh, number two, if there was one thing you'd like to improve with the cast or add to the cast, what would it be? Video. Uh, yeah, the number one was video for me, and we just achieved that shit this week. So what the fuck is up? Best Nintendo show on the web. Uh, the other thing I think I'd like to add to the cast is, uh, and it's something we've been doing, is like I, I like that we've been getting a little bit more free to talk about other um, other platforms, you know, like yes. what, what games are exciting us the most. At the time, uh, because we used to really just try to keep it locked on what what Nintendo stuff we were engaging with. So like getting able to or being able to like open up and talk more about, you know, like uh, a Spider-Man or the PS5 launch or, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, um, look at the, the first 40 minutes of this episode. We would have had nothing to talk about for the first 40 minutes of this episode, which would have made it an hour, like a decent length episode. Uh, but I think people enjoy hearing what we're playing and it's not like yeah. a lot of nintendo people are just playing nintendo even dj's playing call of duty these days and like you know <laughs> he's probably not the Anything only one he's, he's ventured <laughs> off into other consoles it's true yeah, yeah so as aside from that i don't know right now like those are the things i've been thinking about and we're just getting them achieved now so i think now that we've kind of done that we've crossed this milestone and we're starting to think about what's next like I think the next step would be getting the show live. I'd love to do it live on Twitch, and that's something that we've talked about, and we're thinking about it. So, yeah. um, you know, what I'm more interested in, Asobi, is what do you guys think? 
that we could do to improve the cast or add to the cast. You know, um, Affy wrote in with a, a segment suggestion a, a week or two ago that I know we're going to try to do something with. So if you guys have thoughts on new segments you'd like to see or, you know, angles of conversations you feel like we haven't had before or whatever, let us know. Uh, because I'm always looking for feedback and ways we can do new things and inject new angles into the show because, you know, we've done a hundred of these things. We got to find a way to keep it fresh. Yeah. So uh, if you've got suggestions, I'd love to hear them. And of course you can write in uh, to me at Pete at loopots.com, just like um, all these, these last couple emails were from. So uh, yeah, hit us up with what you think. And then number three, how are you guys enjoying next gen? How different is it to previous next gens for you? Any cool stories regarding this or previous next gen experiences? Okay, I just want to say something because I had this discussion and I think it was with Asobi on the next gen channel in Discord. We now are going to, now that, that Europe has the console PS5 as well, I think we've got a week before we can stop calling it next gen. It's the current gen now. It's only yeah. next gen until you haven't got, haven't got it. But having said that, I think we I, I've gushed enough about next gen. Um, and every single every single moment I'm spending with it, I'm finding something new that's making life easier. This week, for example, it was HDMI CEC support for the Xbox Series X. For some reason, wasn't on the Xbox One, which means when I turn my Xbox on, it now automatically changes channel for me. Go and turn oh, that setting beautiful. on. If you haven't turned it on in the AV options, it's well worth doing because my old Xbox, I used to have to find the remote that I never use and turn over the channel. Such a small thing, but when I want to go downstairs, just press the button and play in a game. Yeah. uh, Yeah, we've talked a lot about last gen the last couple weeks. I'm loving it. You know, I, I, I think the way that it's different is... First of all, they both came out within two days of each other. That doesn't usually happen. I got both of them at once. That doesn't usually happen. So it's been very different for me in that way. Uh, and I, I've, I'm on record saying I think this is the best launch that Sony's ever had in terms of uh, what there is to play. And with Game Pass, I think it's hard to argue, you know, that it's not similar for the Xbox. You know, maybe there were other launches where you had a really great piece of software that was like the killer app, like Halo or something like that. But no, but like um, I can't, like Halo was the only time I can really think of something. Like the, the killer game they launched the 360 with was Perfect Dark Zero, which nobody enjoyed. Right. Yeah. So, so with that, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like I just, I love this, this generation already. Like I'm off to such a strong start with it. And like I feel like these consoles are great. And they're fun to play and they make it they make it easy to play. And like especially as I'm, you know, entering the uh the end of my twenties here, like that's what I want is remove barriers to play. Like make games download faster. Like don't make me sit and waste my time, you know, and like they're nailing it at that. So if the games continue to come, like they have the last three years where every year there's been at least 10 amazing games that are worth being called game of the year. Like, man, the future looks bright for video games. That's for sure. What do you think, DJ? Yeah, this is the, um, I would say the first time that I've entered a new generation, I would say the switch, but you know how Nintendo, they're like always mid generation. They're like their own generation. Um, but this is the first, like, new generation that i've jumped in at the start and so this is like actually yeah i mean it's it's brand new you know and um so far i'm really enjoying it 
it has that shiny new toy aspect to it like we talked about earlier yeah um like kind of uh going crazy about even the smallest like piece of new tech like in the controller with the adaptive triggers like and and having that whoa moment is is like second to none and seeing that implemented in the games which is actually really really good like playing call of duty with those triggers is like really cool actually and how like they can control i don't know if it's supposed to be this way but like the left trigger has like a different setting than the right so like the right the one that you're like shooting with is a little bit more like heavy whereas the aim is a little bit like lighter you know it's just really cool um like finding that stuff out absolutely absolutely uh so this is the last question. What is the best loot pots meme if you can think of one? And then he said, Pete, I'll leave this here. I'm gonna see if I can share my screen with you guys real quick. And okay. uh we'll make this happen. I mean picked Pixel Paws Dead is gonna be a pretty Yeah, I like that. Or Pixel Paws Dead is a really or good the meme. Gone yeah. for uh, cigarettes and has never come back. Yeah, the gone <laughs> for cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> All right here, let me actually pull this over here. Oh God! Uh, one second. <laughs> this is this is how the sauce gets made, guys. God, technology. Okay. This is why it's not live. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> okay. Can you guys see my screen now? Yeah. I have to click the button. It's loading up. Yeah, there we okay, go. Okay, here we are. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see if this is gonna work. Is this gonna All wreck right. the video? No, no, it's good. Oh, I remember this. Oh, God, I know exactly what this is. (laughs) (laughs) The squeaking viral sensation. That's me, baby. Oh, that's incredible. I I forgot about this, but I I remember it, of course. Easily, easily the best meme. Oh, uh, the wow. best meme that we ever had. <laughs> so awesome. I'm going to have to give it up to that one. Oh, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Asobi. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who wrote in for this episode of the podcast. Thank you for 100 episodes. Thank you for your support. Uh, thanks for writing in. Thank you for listening. Thanks for making us a part of your week every single week. Here's to another 100. Uh, DJ. Thank you for joining us, man. It was great to have you back. Yeah, thank you guys for for having me. I know, um, you know, obviously we didn't talk about this, but I had like technical difficulties right when we were starting, so I was just like super bummed, and I was like, I'm sorry, but it was it was great. It was a great show, and and congrats, seriously, on a hundred. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm so glad that you were able to make it. Yeah, man. It's, it was really really great to have you back. Um, and thank you for the congratulations. Sure. Uh, yeah. So you know, one more time, of course, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. He's been DJ. Uh, if you want to connect with us, you can get us uh, everywhere that you get your video game content. We're there. Twitch.tv/slashLootPots. Every Thursday, we're out there streaming. Uh, you know, the YouTube channel. Hit it up again. Go over to the brand new Potscast channel where you can catch the show live with not live, but with video. Now is what I meant to say. So go get the video. Check it out. Even if you don't plan on watching the video, I'd really appreciate it if you'd head over there, give us a subscribe, hit the like button on the the first episode so that it starts, you know, populating in people's feeds and they get to know that we're out here doing the show uh on the video format. And hopefully we can get a bunch more brand new potheads in the Discord writing in for episode two hundred. So 
Last but not least, head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Pots. Of course, it is the best way to show your support. We're going to go hop into our After Dark uh, episode 65. Crazy to think we've done so many of those damn things, too. And uh, I'm going to hear a little bit about Steve going back and trying to listen to our first episode and how much it made him cringe. So if you want to hear that conversation, you're not going to want to miss this episode of After Dark. So we hope you'll come join us over there as well. Uh, and until next time, we'll catch you next week on, for another episode of the Potscast.